I'm Ray Shillins. This is Bruce Abbott. Welcome to Feel the Ad Love, a podcast produced by Radio Lounge at RadioLoungeUSA.com, featuring the inside scoop on advertising and marketing and podcasting and all kind of cool stuff. And we have guest interviews with some of the brightest minds in those industries. In each episode, we explore current trends and topics and the latest news and events in our community. Lots of folks uh, wonder who Radio Lounge is, and, uh, well, we're going to tell you right now. We're uh, audio production services. We do that for broadcast, for film, on location, audio experiences, and, of course, digital media. We also do voice coaching in the production of high-end voice talent demos. And we also do podcasts, as you're listening to this one here. We do a lot of podcast production. We do a lot of podcast training. In fact, we have a podcasting podcast for podcasters that we will be launching here in the next few weeks, really a podcast for marketing professionals and businesses that want to use podcasting um, not as a hobby, but as an extension of their of their marketing capabilities. And we're going to be talking about, oh gosh, everything from the podcast prep and production and performance to marketing, monetization, and more. How's that for alliteration? That was, you know, and so we're going to be, we're going to be having that coming up launched in the, in the next few weeks. So we'll fill you in more on the details as that gets a little closer. So many words beginning with the letter M. I'm really impressed by that. Mm. Somebody else you'll be impressed with is Joe Biondi, an account executive, underwriting, and sponsorship for Houston Public Media. If you're not familiar with Houston Public Media, if you're not familiar with NPR, I'm sure you are, but you would not believe what Houston Public Media is doing here in the Houston market, not only on the broadcast side, but on the uh, the streaming side, on the uh, public service side. Lots and lots of stuff going on there. You're going to like this interview we did with Joe Biondi. Let's take a listen. Joe Biondi is an account executive and underwriting and sponsorship type person at uh, NPR here in Houston, which is Houston Public Media. And uh, Joe is also a brand new member of the American Ad Federation Houston, and he's on the board now. You've got an important position, a very important position, Joe. Is that uh, they they pay you the big bucks for it? <laughs> I'm still waiting on that part, but <laughs> yeah, and yeah. don't expect a check, baby, because it's not coming anyway. <laughs> no, soon. no, no. You know the thing that fascinates me. My, my background is radio, and uh, I love radio, and uh, and so does Joe. As a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe's father's cousin was a guy by the name of Dick Biondi. Now, the Biondi name in Houston? Biondi, yes. well, Biondi name in the country uh, because Dick Biondi used to be, uh, what was it, Joe on the Big KB? He was on, he was on CKL, oh. wasn't he? He was everywhere. Yeah, he, he, he actually, he, uh, CFL, WLS, uh, the Big KB out of Buffalo. He started, coincidentally enough, in Alexandria, Louisiana. That was his first full-time air position. And, uh, Went from there back east and then uh, ended up on KBW in Buffalo and then signed on uh, what became uh, WLS, the Rock and Roll Flamethrower. I think yeah. it's at 8.90 a.m. Uh, in May of 1960 uh, when they switched it over from the Prairie Farm Station. Uh, at the time, it was owned by uh, Sears, which is why they got the call letters WLS, which stood for World's Largest Store. And uh, he was the first rock and roll Disc jockey, uh, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Radio Broadcasters Hall of Fame, and uh, he just recently came off the air at, at 80 plus years old. Um, I talked to him not too long ago. Uh, he's doing well, but as you can imagine, he's you know he's getting on in years. But he's had, I mean, what a what a life, right? Oh yeah, what a life! Did, 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 is that something that got you interested in getting into media and, and radio and such, or what? Um, yeah, when I was a young guy, you know, my dad told me that 
you know, his cousin was a disc jockey. And, you know, when I was growing up here in Houston, I was listening to Barry Kay, the boogeyman and Captain Jack on 610 KILT, uh, Jolly and James, Stevens and Pruitt, Hudson and Harrigan. You know, I, I was just fascinated with radio. And then at night I used to go to sleep listening to the CBS radio mystery theater on my little AM radio, uh, right. And then I, I grew up, my dad was a big fan of, uh, Stan Freeberg and, um, all of those old, uh, you know, audio comedy guys. So that always filled my head and I, I was not good at sports cause I had a, a really horrible uh, problem with one of my eyes, which prevented me from having depth perception, which, that comes in handy if you're like shooting baskets or hitting baseballs. So I, uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, it's over here. No, it's not <laughs> yeah, it, I wish somebody would have figured that out before I quit. But, um, so, uh, I, I was just fascinated with radio. And, um, uh, when I went to Texas tech in 1980, I walked right into the station up there and said, uh, you know, I want to be a disc jockey. And they kind of looked sideways at me and, uh, a few months later, after reading news and whatnot, I got I got to start to do a, as, as a music jock and then rode that for 12 years until I came off the air at the end of 1992. Wow. So big background there. Go for it. Rick. I love it. You were mentioning the uh, the Houston uh, radio things. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny for me because uh, guys like Hudson and Harrigan, Captain Jack, Rick Candy, I got a chance to work with those folks several mm-hmm. years. So here in the Houston market, um, with Houston public media, so how exactly is Houston public media a good fit for this market? I mean, especially now at this time. That's a, uh, a really good question. Um, in my mind, you know, I came from the commercial side of radio and then I had at one point switched over to cable TV and uh, advertising sales and management. But I've always had a had a, a, an ear bent towards, you know, the programming and the product side of things. And I've always... If, if, if I can say I've been one thing relative to the on-air guys that I worked with after I came off the air, which is I was very respectful of what they did and how they did it. And I understood their lives and, and you know, and, and, and all the energy and creativity that goes into doing that well. Um, and, and so I worked in radio when Rush Limbaugh was blowing up, you know, uh, in the early 90s. Um, and I, I saw a, a sort of a polarization of the the media start to take place. So my heart's always been in the programming side of things. And when I was interviewing to uh, for this position here at Houston Public Media, um, I've always been a fan of NPR uh, for for a number of reasons, but mostly because of the long form stories and uh, you know the 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 more or less uh, anti bias you know middle of the road reporting that you can get. I think it's as close as you can get anywhere. Uh, and then I was a huge fan of PBS, uh, TV8, when I was growing up, because that's where I saw Benny Hill and Monty Python and Nova and Science and all oh, of these yeah. other things. So when I was interviewing here to uh, answer the question was that I told my boss that, you know, the, you, you may not like what you hear on public media, but here's the thing. Nobody's screaming at you mm-hmm. because that's what r- really has has kind of frosted me on, on what I see on TV and what I hear. And in some cases on radio is just this unending talking over one another and the loudest guy in the room makes the point. And I just, I don't hear that on public media. And I think that allows us uh, to have a, a venue where you, again, you may or may not agree with the opinions expressed, but you have the chance to hear them 
and you can't agree or disagree, but nobody's yelling at you at the same time. I mean, media's really changed in the last five years. I mean, when you think about what you were just saying, yeah, that, I mean, just it, it's okay to just come on there and scream at each other and, and nobody takes turns. And <laughs> But, you know, speaking of changes, how has Houston public media changed over, say, the, say the last five years? Well, I'm, I've, I've been in the chair here two years, and prior to that, I uh, was still living in Albuquerque. So what I understand of the history from what I've been able to glean is that um, as it moved into a more news-focused product, um, the, the radio station that I remembered when I was going to U of H and when I, uh, when I left Houston uh, in 1980 was, was, you know, music at some times, news at another time. Um, it was kind of what might be considered a, a you know, a, a, a middle-of-the-road format or, you know, full-service format, you know, that there was classical music during the day and, you know, there was... Uh, news in the morning and the afternoon and maybe a local program here or there. But uh, as, as public radio has evolved uh, and you see more stations around the country going to a full news product, that's where I think Houston Public Media, News 88.7 and uh, NPR found itself going and then decided to, to do that as well as it can be done. Um, Houston's a big market, you know, the number four or five market for radio in the country um, so this this station plays a role uh, and has, I think, a very vital role in the the, the dissemination of information. And uh, as we saw with Hurricane Harvey, which happened prior to me starting here, um, the station played a critical role in getting information out. So it, it, it's very much a part of the fiber of uh, Houston media, and I think it's evolved as as public radio has evolved uh, around the country into more of a purely news. Uh, product that that serves a very uh, important purpose. I think you're absolutely dead on uh, right for that. It, it is indeed a part of Houston, and it shows it every day. And I love also going back to what you said earlier as well. It is a not a sophisticated or stuffy approach, but it's an intelligent approach to talking to the listeners, which I mm -hmm. really, really appreciate because I I believe that some other types of talk shows do dumb it down basically to uh, to to speak to a, a mass, but uh, you, you say the course there, and that's an important thing. I want to ask you something, Joe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Beyond the Billion campaign—it's in the news. It's a big thing right now. Does Houston public media see any direct benefits as a result of that? And if not, well, why not? <laughs> you know. That's a really good question, and I'm not as familiar with the the campaign as I should be. Um, I, I I know that um, the, the, there's a there's a a thought out there that you know the government supplies the majority of our funding, right? Um, yeah. And th that gives people a platform to beat up on public media that you know it's taxpayer funded and it doesn't express my opinion, yada yada yada. The, right. the reality is, is that it's less than 10% of any operating operation, but operating budget um, uh, for any public media uh, uh, outlet and, and specifically for here at Houston Public Media. So we are very, very reliant on, you know, subscribers and sponsors and underwriters. And so the, 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 that is a huge campaign. Um, uh, I don't know how that all splits out. And I wish I could give you a, a more lucid answer, but I, I don't want to say something that is factually incorrect. So 
I don't want to duck it either, but <laughs> I want to be honest with you. You did a, did a good just job spin of kind it. Of just answering spin it that. like the politics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's funny because I was going to ask you this because, you know, obviously Houston public media depends you know, a lot on the national efforts of NPR. Mm. And, but you guys have a local media in, in the mix. I mean, how important is that local media to your efforts, especially when it comes to underwriting? Well, there's a there's a, a, a newsroom one floor above us where there is 17 local reporters uh, and a news director and uh, a digital team. And uh, so we have reporters that work beats like old reporters or, you know, the reporters of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of the days gone by do. Uh, and they are very dedicated to, uh, you know, doing journalism the way journalism should be done. <clears throat> so what that affords us here in the underwriting and sponsorship side of things is that when we go to uh, our clients and we say, would you like to, you know, underwrite and sponsor Houston Public Media, and then we can give you mentions on our on our air, there's a, a great mix of the, uh, the, the product that's nationally uh, originated, like, uh, you know, All Things Considered and Morning Edition um, uh, BBC, for instance, and then we have local hosts that um, you know are, are are helping to weave all of that together with the local newscasts that we get in the mornings and the afternoons. Um, and, and so it, it gives us a platform to have that local content, to have that local um, feel to to uh, not only what goes out on News eighty eight seven, but also in the case of TV eight when we do locally produced uh, vignettes, for instance, for like the upcoming Ken Burns country music um, uh, 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 documentary that's coming up. You know, we've produced small uh, interstitials and vignettes which feature local artists doing country cover songs. So we have that local presence, which I think is critical for us to then bring to our clients um, and say, you know, by sponsoring and underwriting Houston Public Media, uh, not only are you supporting this product here, but you're getting this audience that supports people that support Houston Public Media. Um, so it's a very symbiotic and, and um, uh, you know, very powerful relationship. I think that that local programming and that local focus brings to uh, the efforts that we do here in underwriting and sponsorship. And plus you guys, I mean, you've got a very creative staff there. What kinds of new ways are you able to engage underwriters kind of beyond that, that traditional method? Well, we, ha- um, th- that's uh, uh, good timing on that question. I spent, several hours yesterday preparing to do uh, uh, a download for one of the local agencies here in town, the advertising agencies. Um, you know, there, there's always a perception about, you know, wherever you are, there's a perception that is some person's reality. And when I came to Houston Public Media and started digging into what I call the toolbox of what we had to work with, um, it, it occurred to me very, very fast that my perception was, was incorrect. Uh, there are so many tools and platforms that we have to use. For instance, we have locally produced podcasts uh, with Houston Matters, Unwrap Your Candies, uh, Party Politics, uh, Encore Houston, uh, for instance, that we can use for local underwriters. Uh, they, they can sponsor those. Then we also have the, the local newscasts. We have Marketplace, which comes in nationally. Um, um, and, and so we have national platforms, we have local platforms, we have our digital platforms. Within the digital platforms of HoustonPublicMedia.org, there's a whole slew of uh, places that our, our underwriters and sponsors can, can you know, put uh, either website advertising, we're not advertising, it's not advertising per se, but they can put 
uh, messages up there, which help drive people back to their websites. And then on TV8, uh, you know, with the local production of uh, like the interstitials and the, the local sponsorship of country country music by Ken Mearns, we can uh, dovetail into that programming. Um, so the, the, the platform in and of itself is much broader and much deeper than I think that the, uh, the perception is out there in the advertising community. Uh, and so that's part of my job is to help educate people on what that we do bring to the table. And that's a lot. I've always felt that uh, Houston Public Media, NPR for that matter, has always been kind of the, the grandfather of, uh, of the podcast format. In other words, NPR always went out, to, told a story, went a little bit more in depth, again, with a, a sophisticated but not stuffy attitude, uh, an intelligent attitude. And, and really, when you look at all the podcasting that's going on today, uh, it, it really sounds like an, an extension of what you guys do mm-hmm on the air. So I was really excited when you talked about that. So mm-hmm. you are taking the things that you have on the air and you're going well beyond that. And does mm-hmm. that also relate to sponsorship opportunities for a Houston public media? Yeah, it does. Um, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that we also have the ability to uh, geo-target national podcasts, which are generated from PRX, which is the public radio po- podcast producing wing in New York City. Um, so our, our local sponsors can, you know, be in front of some of those nationally, uh, oriented or nationally generated podcasts as well. So that does provide me opportunities, um, to go to my clients and prospects and say, okay, what is it that you know, you're, you're looking to accomplish with your underwriting and sponsorship and how then can we take the pieces of this puzzle and put it together so that it, it, uh, it, not not only are you going to reap the benefit of supporting Houston Public Media, but the the listeners and the viewers of Houston Public Media do support the supporters. So in, in that kind of reciprocal way, you know, I bring a value back to the uh, the, the the sponsors and the underwriters to you know, uh, I, ideally help them with their goals, whatever their goals may be. So I, I say a lot of my job is to go in and uh, you know be a uh, uh, a doctor, if you will, and ask a lot of questions and, and see, you know, what, what, what solutions or which, which problems I can help address. Um, I found in my years in commercial media that at some points, some of the people that I'd worked with would just say, here's a package, take it out and sell it. And what I found with doing things like that, in some cases, not all cases, it was to solve a problem the radio station or the TV uh, network had, not necessarily a, a problem that the client had. And I've found if I have any success or any expertise at all, it's going in and discern what it is that a sponsorship or an underwriter in this case would, uh, would, would need to solve. And how can we use our tools then to help affect that in a positive way? You know, there's something about NPR and, and, you know, even those programming, the programming that you guys have that, you know, just seems to really connect more with listeners, maybe more than, than other types of programming. Why do you think that is? Is it, is it that it's, a lot of it is the storytelling component that, that we love to listen to stories? Um, is that maybe what makes it so special and such a good outlet for the listeners? I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that uh, part of the appeal, uh, again, is that it, it's, it's a conversation. Um, podcasting, I think one of the reasons podcasting has really exploded is because it's bringing back the art of conversation. Um, uh, a friend of mine runs the iHeart Media uh, stations in Salt Lake City, and he and I were talking about that. That you know the the art of conversation is 
is coming back because, you know, we're in a kind of an information truncated society, you know, where you just get bits and pieces here and there on your smartphone or, or wherever. And uh, the, the way that NPR puts the product forward uh, with long form advertising, not just 20 second news bits, but, you know, let's take two, three, four minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, dig into the story, do some research, um, you know, interview people, uh, edit it, put it together. I think it's a much more respectful presentation of information uh, primarily. And then because it is respectful of the listener's intelligence and their engagement, that there's that bond that happens with, uh, you know, people like myself who've been fans of public media forever and ever because I could listen and I could form my own opinion and I could take the information in, agree or disagree with it. Um, but it, it, it wasn't being shoved down my throat. It was being presented to me and in, in a respectful manner that I actually have my own brain and thoughts and things like that. So I think that's a large part of why there's a huge engagement. I did a, a research piece last year for something we were doing here, coming at it from my old programming brain uh, when I was on the air in media in, in radio. And I looked at how many people prefer News 88.7 uh, as a percentage of our audience and then how many people listen to us exclusively. And the most recent numbers I ran just yesterday were like 83, 84% of our audience prefers us first. 27% listens to nothing other than Houston Public Media, News 88.7, which as a programmer is nirvana. You yeah, want nirvana. that sort of engagement. You want that sort of loyalty. Um, and in doing that, you, you get stark raving fans and that just makes everything work better. So I think, I, I sorry, I'm kind of rambling on here, but I think that is part of the appeal uh, and the reason for the engagement and the loyalty that you hear. And that so you now I have, to, I have to ask, what, what's some of your favorite programming on there? Oh, it's going to, it's going to sound silly, but wait, wait, don't tell me. Of course. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, it, it, it's, it, we, you know, my family had this uh, little tradition, our Saturday morning with our, with our car guys, yeah. uh, you know, no, click please. and clack and then, and then into wait, wait, I know, don't tell I know, me. I know and, the guy died. Okay. But can't you bring him back? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Well, so, yeah. So, yeah. Everybody loves wait, wait, don't tell me. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what are, what are some, yeah. some of your favorite programs? Maybe, maybe some of the national programs, maybe some of the local well, programs. Uh, yeah, uh, locally, I love listening to Houston Matters. I think Craig Cohen does a phenomenal yeah. job. Um, yes. And, um, you know, David Pittman is our morning show host. He, you know, he, he weaves that tapestry together between NPR uh, and uh, Morning Edition and the, our local stuff like, like, a, like a, an artist paints. Um, so when I, where I really became a fan of, uh, NPR was with, um, uh, afternoons, morning edition, all things considered, uh, years and years ago, I became a fan of all things considered and that's what sucked me right into it. And then, uh, you know, as I moved back to Houston and got involved with Houston public media and, you know, started listening to wait, wait, don't tell me, uh, in the mornings when I go out for, uh, what I consider a jog, most people would consider a fast walk. Um, you know, I have my headphones on and I'm listening to uh, Morning Edition. I love listening to Marketplace because uh, you get some really kind of uh, a solid economic news. Um, you know that that that's that doesn't have a political agenda behind it. Um, uh, so those would be the, uh, the 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 places where I, I hang my hat right now. Um, I love listening to Think in the Texas Standard, uh, which are statewide, uh, you know, 
programs that uh, we're a part of with the Texas Public Media Network. Um, you get to hear what's going on in other parts of the state. You know, Houston is so big, it's hard to keep up with everything going on in Houston. But sure. Texas like a whole other country. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much going on around the state and those, those particular, uh, uh Texas public media statewide, uh, newscasts are really awesome as well. Yes. But when will KUHT bring back the classics, the Monty Python? The <laughs> well, you know, who's come back. All right, Joe, how much money is it going to take, baby? I think, well, you know, I just, I recently, uh, even though I think I've had access to this for a while, as a as a contributor to Houston Public Media and TV8, I have access to what's called Passport. And Passport is an archive of public media or, uh, you know, uh, NPR programming. I haven't looked to see if uh, Monty Python's there, but um, <laughs> uh-huh. you, you gave me a job for tonight. I'll go back and, and you know, call the app up and, and take a look and see if it's there Thanks. because... Please let us know that, okay? We yeah. Growing growing up in Houston as a kid, that was like the closest thing to sneaking in and watching a Rickard <laughs> movie was to be able to catch Benny Hill and Monty Python after mom and dad went to bed. Oh, I watched it with my dad. I mean, oh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> oh, she was probably a progressive family then. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So we, your cousin, dad's cousin, probably. Yeah. Shh, don't tell mom. <laughs> yeah. So hey, you know. You, you're a perfect fit for this job, aren't you, Joe? I and mean, this is like the, this was made for you. It feels like doesn't it? it? it it's been uh, it's been they they've given me uh, a place to land because I came to Houston without uh, a job when we moved back here. My wife and I moved back uh, uh, just a little over two years ago. A lot of family things were happening. It was just time to get home. Um, but that was the only thing where I was like, hmm, I've never done that without a place to land. So. Um, Houston Public Media uh, gave me that that opportunity, and then secondarily, and just as important, I think, is uh, joining the Advertising Federation um, gave me the opportunity to network with people in the industry. So, in in a pretty short time span, I've been able to get to know a lot of people in the in the market, and that's that's helped me out greatly with uh, what we do here, uh, and you know, help help me understand Houston and the media market more than I have. So uh, I'm grateful to not only Houston Public Media, but the Advertising Federation for, you know, being so welcoming. And uh, you got to my next question here. You are now a very active member on the American Advertising Federation Board. You hold a title. You are a secretary. Talk about your experience so far, Joe, and, and, and why, why you came to participate as a board member. Um, I... I Again, knowing that I needed to network when I got back to town, um, I went to several Houston Business Journal events, um, and uh, I, I looked up the Houston Ad Fed, and, and I said, "Well, I've got to go. You know, I've just got to start meeting people." Um, I, I knew a lot of people that knew a lot of people in the radio world and TV world when I came to town, um, but that was still two or three degrees of separation, and I wanted to, you know, shake somebody's hand and get to know them personally. So I went to my first ad fed luncheon probably about two years ago and stood there like a, you know, like a fish out of water. I was just like, I I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to say. And a a woman from uh, KTRK, and I'm forgetting her name, was kind enough to come up and introduce herself. And 
that started the ball rolling and I got to meet her and I started collecting business cards and writing thank you notes. And, and then I started volunteering for anything that they needed help with. And that led to volunteering for two of the ad uh, American advertising Federation awards uh, and, you know, just getting involved there. And then somebody said, well, would you like to come on the board? And I said, absolutely. You know, let me, how can I help? And so that was the entree onto the board. Well, I, we love having you there. Uh, and thank you. Coming off of, we, we just had an event today. We're recording this, uh, and uh, we had an event today uh, that was so cool. Yeah. And it worked so well. And I, I get the vibe, and you tell me if, if I'm wrong, but I get the vibe that this new year, uh, John Manlove is our uh, CEO, you know, chairman and such. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one heck of a great year. Don't you feel that, Joe? I do feel that. And I'm, uh, as a semi-musician, I was in a band for 30 years as well um, in in Albuquerque. Um, and I've had the great fortune of playing in front of huge crowds and small crowds. And just uh, music has always been a passion of mine. Why does that relate to what your question was? Well, I've always known that uh, sensing the energy of an organization is primary to understanding whether or not it's going to make some some difference. Um, and so I've always tried to tune in to the energy of, uh, of my clients, for instance, and the organizations that I'm with to see where that energy is calibrated. Because when the energy is high, when there's th- that just that, that, you know, kind of drive to make it better, um, things do improve. And I really, really feel that now this year with the AdFed, that there's a lot of commitment with the people on the board that want to, you know, bring the programming in like we had today, which was just crazy good, and 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 then involve more people in the advertising community and, you know, figure out what the next iteration of it is. You know, how, how, how does the Houston AdFed then get on the map nationally as the, the guys to watch? And yeah. you know, that may sound like a big, hairy, audacious goal, but, you know, like Casey Kasem used to say, you know, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you're among the stars, right? So, you know, let's think big and let's think creative and let's go for it. So were you a student at U of H? For a little while, yeah, yeah. I, I ended up going to Texas Tech. Um, uh, I graduated from uh, Strict Jesuit in 1979, uh, went to U of H for a little while, um, wasn't quite a fit for me, so I, I went to work. I'm going to name some things that people may remember. Cutter Bill's Western World on Westheimer. I worked there for eight or nine months, and then I went and worked cool. offshore for uh, Western Geophysical, uh, and then went to um, Texas Tech, came back, went back for another year. I worked uh, my second summer offshore as well. It was a great job for a young guy that uh, was trying to figure out his path in life. And then uh, from there, uh, you know, got involved uh, in the radio business in Lubbock, Texas. From there, went to Austin, was there for a couple of years, and then Beaumont for a little bit, and then went back to Albuquerque, and I came off the air after four years in Albuquerque. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my educational path, uh, Houston or University of Houston, then Texas Tech. And then I, you know, took some classes at University of New Mexico too. So I keep, I'm, I'm on the 20 year plan. It's, it's kind of funny. It has all come full circle. Yeah. You're back and home, baby. Back home. So yeah. one, Hey, one last question, dude, when you were in the band, did you have hair, Joe? <laughs> well, that's how long I was in the band. When I started in the band, I yes. started with hair yeah. and, uh, <laughs> now when we play, I wear caps. So. There you go. I I had a feeling that was your answer. 
Joe Biondi, account executive, underwriting sponsorship, KUHF, Houston Public Media. Joe, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Uh, I, I really am excited about the things that Houston Public Media has done and is still going to do. It is indeed one of my favorites. And uh, I, I, again, I said it before, but you are just a perfect fit for this organization. And one of these days, we're going to get you out here at the lounge so we can hear uh, your chops on whatever guitar you want to play it on, okay? I can't wait. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Rain Bruce saying thank you so much for listening to Feel the Ad Love. And check out our website, radioloungeusa.com. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like to use. And that way you never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you'd simply tell a friend about the show and share it on social media, that would be really cool. Thank you. Hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. I think you should share it at the Thanksgiving table. Why not? Come on. The family's all there. Copyright 2019, Radio Lounge, all rights reserved. Join us next time for another episode of Feel the Ad Love.